Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Been having a fun afternoon here. Cam Moon, Cody Jansen, Derek Scott, Gary Lawless we had on from the Vegas Golden Knights and had a... And Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, yeah, a CFL rant there at the end that got the text line all fired up. It was good stuff. Yeah, it was, uh, it was entertaining. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays are up 2-0. It's top of eight. So there you go. There's your, your MLB update as well. We've got to ask Scott on in about 10, 12 minutes, and yeah. he'll uh, put a cap on the Elk stuff before the game tonight. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to more. We promise. Now. You know what we're going to get to now? Our NHL insider. It's John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. John Shannon joining us. And, uh, John, I, I did see today on the, in The Athletic, Rob Rossi had a, uh, a story about Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, just kind of an update, really, uh, of where they are as far as uh, a potential uh, Eric Carlson deal. Uh, lots of, of moving parts with, uh, with salary cap implications. How much would San Jose be willing to, to eat? Would you have a third team involved? All these sorts of things. Are you hearing anything at all as far as an update? Uh, no, Rob, and, and, and if anybody knows in Pittsburgh, Rob's as close to it as, as well, almost as close as Kyle is uh, to it. Um, but uh, what we do know, uh, like we saw with Kyle in Toronto uh, in trying to make a splash, he certainly wants to make a splash in Pittsburgh, and he's doing it with the blessing not just of ownership, but you know darn well that Sidney Crosby's much more actively involved in what's going on with the uh, with the Penguins now, and uh, I, you know, I it, it, I do believe it's a, a case of where there's smoke, there's fire. If there's any team that uh, is actively pursuing Eric Carlson, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you you might put an asterisk beside the Carolina Hurricanes too, who I I think that uh, that he they went end up talking to Brent Burns about whether Burns would. Uh, be willing to share the puck with Eric Carlson. I think they would. Uh, so I think it's two metropolitan teams that are trying to wedge their way into Eric Carlson's life. 
Yeah, I, I could see that, and it would make an you know, obvious impact for either of those two teams. Uh, I, I I look at the that the Penguin lineup. It's it's an older lineup. It would it would definitely uh, you know keep it older, but I mean those, there's. There's still a lot of talent there. Yeah. I would think a, a well, Carlson. But, here, here, would... but here's the here's the here's the thing, Cam. Are they older? Sure. And and Oilers fans, even in this day and age, talk about how wide open Connor and Leon's window is. Well, there's a belief in Pittsburgh that Sydney still has a couple of years left in his window, and Evgeny Malkin and Christopher Latang. You know, the the problem was all last season was the only guys that were contributing on a regular basis were Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, and Christopher Letang, and everybody else was inconsistent. And and so that's that's a part of the system they have to try to improve, and that's why it makes so much sense to go and try to find somebody like Eric Carlson who can move the puck up the ice. But from from, from that perspective, I, I do think that it's a, a major um, commitment in the short term, and, and, and the key word short term, um, which would be, you know, two to three years for the Penguins to make one last gasp at the Stanley Cup. John, what's the latest on the Hockey Night in Canada uh, panel situation? Have you heard anything about who's back and that's all going on? Well, I, I, what I can tell you is that I was at an event with Ron on Monday, and, and um, I'm not sure... Uh, the listeners know, but Ron and I go back to his days in Red Deer. We are very close friends, have been since that time. I was the one who hired Ron uh, to come to, uh, you know, television hockey in 1984. So so we've always had a great relationship. Um, and he announced at this event that I was at um, in, in Toronto that, uh, that he was on board for the next three or four years. So... You know, I, I think all these rumors um, and all these Twitter feeds that are suggesting there are major changes to the stars of the network um, have been wrong. You know, you saw what Kevin Bieksa tweeted out, well, if Ron's back, so am I. So we have to, you know, we have to, you know, put two and two together and say, well, let's let's wait and see. and see what the reaction of the fans are at this point, but it certainly looks like everybody who was the uh, main combatants on the panel for Rogers uh, are back in position. It's all Mooner's burner phones going off oh, on this but one. But there was so much. Like it was, and it, it was nonsense, as it turns out. Which was almost expected. Hey, yeah. uh, Marty Walsh, the, the new head of the NHLPA there, I think it was Greg Wyshynski who had the article out and said the union's focus is getting back to a World Cup of Hockey. Do you have anything on that you can share? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, with all due respect to Greg Wyshynski, um, we had Marty on the podcast the last week of June. Um, and we talked, uh, you know, a big part about the Olympics, a big part about the World Cup of Hockey, which would be in February of uh, of uh, 2025, hopefully. Um, so yeah, there, there's there's certainly a commitment. What what I would say about Marty Walsh right now is that Marty's going through a very steep learning curve. You know, this guy is the former Secretary of Labor for. The Joe Biden administration. He's the former 
mayor of Boston. So he understands politics and he understands being a civil servant. Uh, what he's learning now is how to manage a constituency of 800 millionaires uh, and dealing with Gary Bettman. Uh, and uh, everything is cordial now, as it should be, because there is harmony for the next four years in collective bargaining. Um, but it's it, it's not just a classic case of Marty saying that we're going to do this and Gary's going to go with it. You know as well as I do, because we've been through this negotiation with Gary and Bill Daly uh, a lot in the last few years. With Now, I, I, I want to be correct here. I think this is four different executive directors of the NHLPA in the time that Gary's been the commissioner, and Gary wins every time. Gary gets more back for the owners every negotiation. And I think that between now and the end of this CBA, you have to wonder what the players are prepared to give up in order to get what they need. And more importantly, what are the owners are going to demand back? And so it's, it's, it's a learning curve that's steep. I would describe it as a hockey stick learning curve. Flat for the first 80, 18 inches, and that's about a number seven lie, Camp. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. That's painting pictures with words. Or NHL insider John Shannon. That's what he does. Uh, you. So were you producing Flames games at the time when you hired uh, Ron McLean? And he, was he not yeah. doing the weather in Red Deer yeah. when there was when RDTV existed? Was that the story? That's right. Yeah. So, so I was, so I was in charge of television production in Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Edmonton at that time. You know, I did that from nineteen. I moved back to the West in nineteen eighty to do that, um, and and man, basically managed the properties for all four clubs. That wasn't a time when every game was televised, right? There'd be thirty games in Edmonton, thirty in Calgary, thirty in Vancouver, and thirty in Winnipeg, and I. I did 95% of the games. So um, in 1984, TSN was coming on board in our country. Um, and uh, TSN, who was being run by a couple of icons in our business, a guy named Gordon Craig and Michael Lansbury, uh, they recruited our host in Calgary to come back and join them. And that was Jim Van Horn. Jim was our host in Calgary for the first four seasons. And so Jim, who was a Toronto native, decided to move back and we needed a new host. And, um, you know, I'm a, I'm one of those guys that if I'm sitting at home watching TV, I'm flicking the channel, flicking the channel, and I one night settled on this guy doing the weather in Red Deer, and he, he talked more about the Stampeders and the Eskimos and the Oilers and the Flames than he did about the high high pressure system that was coming over the Rockies, um, and thought he he ad libbed brilliantly, and so we created a relationship. Uh, that summer, and uh, I met him a couple of times uh, in August of '84, and, and he got off to the job around Labor Day of '84 to start in October. Oh, that's great! Unreal. That's an unreal story. Yeah, that's uh, that way. It's amazing how it can all come together so fast. And next well, thing here, you know, here, and here's 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 the other thing about it is that fast forward ten years. Uh, and I had been, you know, summarily removed from Hockey Night in Canada in the summer of 86. But fast forward a decade, and, and I was lucky enough not to burn enough, burn all my bridges in this country. 
um, that the CBC came a calling to hire me as the executive producer of the show that I got fired from a decade earlier at Hockey Night in Canada. And one of the guys that was insistent that I take over the job was Ron because he knew what, what we could do together and how we could work together to create you know, a positive show. And that in, in my mind, what we, did, what we did in 94, starting in 94 with 95, we moved to the doubleheader. We created a pregame show. Uh, Ron and Don were in their heyday. Satellite Hot Stove was created. We did lots of things like a three-on-three hockey tournament, like a, a penalty shot hockey contest across the country. In many ways, I think it was the golden era of, of Hockey Night in Canada, and Ron McLean had a lot to do with that. It was. Yeah, it was. That is true. Alejandro Kirk just hit a home run. It's 4 nothing. Jays in the eighth. John... Well, the time Kirk got the... Yeah. The time he got more involved in the offense, right? Well, yeah, he just... That was, he got all of that one, that's for sure. John, thanks for joining us. Always enjoy the conversation, and uh, stay out of trouble. Well, it's difficult to do, because I'm... I'm in the Okanagan Valley, oh. the BC Hockey Hall of Fame weekend. Oh. It's 33 degrees already. The humidity is 8%. I can't hit the ball straight yet, but hopefully by the weekend I can. That's okay. Okay, well, you try to tough it out in the Okanagan if you can. <laughs> well, there's more Alberta plates than there are BC plates here, so. Par for the course. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, thank you. There's John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Uh, great to, to hear those stories of uh, of the hockey night in Canada of the days gone by. Well, I could listen to him hot yeah. stove it. Yes. stories for hours. Yeah, yeah, me too. Hey, we're gonna take we'll take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Brendan Escott in here. We'll we'll find him. He's got to be around here Throw somewhere. Him in a headlock and drag him in. That's right. We'll get him in here. <laughs> All right, you got Cam Moon, Cody Jansen, you got Derek Scott. It's the Oilers now on six thirty. Chad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Cam Moon, Cody Jansen, Derek Scott, Oilers Now as Bob Stoffer is on vacation for this week. I can tell you that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, so much more. Get a free two-liter Coke with a purchase of $35 or more online or on the Royal Pizza app. Visit royalpizza.ca. Brendan Escott, we've got him here. I just got to pot you up. There we go. Now we we got you. Some say I never leave. I do. I sleep. You're always here. And I come back. You got the countdown to kick off at 5. Elks at Bombers. What yeah. do you think? What well, do you think? I mean, nice hard sell from Gary Lawless there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, but nevertheless, it's a Winnipeg team that just got upset by Ottawa. So as as you can project, you're probably going to be pretty surly, of course. Yeah. But it also proves that they can be beaten. And it proves that they can be beaten by a quarterback who gets out and runs. Dustin Crumb finishing that game with 103 rushing yards and two rushing touch- touchdowns. So to me, like if you want to find 
find one of what could be limited avenues to success tonight. Perhaps that's how you expose an, an aging Bombers defense. I mean, it's all the same cast of characters. Big Hill, Jeffcoat, Willie Jefferson, uh, and, and all the guys in the backfield. They've got four guys in the backfield that uh, are leading the CFL with five pass knockdowns. It's incredible. So uh, can, you, can you make them run a little bit harder? Can you tire them out in their older age like Big Hill? Well, that's what you hope for. Um, on the Elks side of things, they're missing middle linebacker Niles Morgan. He was the best thing they had going as far as the run defense. And uh, third in the league in tackling now is out on the six-game injured list with a chest injury. So too is Jamin Pelly. So they'll be down a couple of their own guys. And uh, and we know that Kenny Lawler's returning for the first time this year for Winnipeg as well. Lots of reasons to be skeptical, but mm-hmm. uh, as Ottawa proved last week I guess never say never I'm a style over performance guy do we like the fact they're wearing their home jerseys tonight because I kind of like that you know you got to switch up the groove a little bit Winnipeg wanted to switch it up really I don't, I don't hate that idea I did not know that I don't think I knew that either but uh, anything well, that's why I said I'm style over performance here well, yeah. <laughs> listen if style leads to performance oh, sure. then great I mean you're looking I, I think they should be um, walking under ladders breaking like trying anything that they can do to break the curse walking around with a rabbit's foot in their pocket this is 10 straight losses creeping up on a franchise record so well, Peter's uh, not gonna like that one. You know, it's uh <laughs> <laughs> who isn't? PETA, that's oh. right. <laughs> I you, you mentioned You're a rabbit's foot in well, your pocket. Yeah, no, I'm just throwing it <laughs> out there. You got that, that just totally derailed me. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Right um, off the tracks. Uh, I I was because of the success that Ottawa had last week, do you do you think there's a, a possibility the Elks uh hand the ball off a bit more so we see you know a lot of uh brown and brooks yeah so? well i i sure hope so and cornelius as well i mean yeah. he's a guy that is going to be key to the run game but you're right brown finally able to make a little bit of headway he had the longest run of his career a 50 yarder last week he finished the game with 72 yards and maybe more importantly than that shannon brooks factoring in as sort of the one-two punch instead of just the one or, yeah. or lacking any kind of punch in the beginning part of the season but brooks finishing that game with 55 yards on the ground as well and and, and made some headway through the air so I, I love if they can keep attacking it that direction i think it keeps the offensive line engaged in a different way and frankly their pass protection this year hasn't been up to snuff so maybe running the ball is a better way to avoid turning it over or falling into these two and and uh, two and long situations so we'll see I, I don't think that's a bad plan of action limiting opportunities for this team to shoot itself in the foot is going to be big so uh, trying not to turn the ball over is going to be very big for Cornelius. Is there a magic formula to get the team to stop taking penalties? Like, hey, hey, discipline just isn't enough when it seems like they're taking penalties at inopportune times. How do you stop it? <laughs> you get so sick of losing. You get so sick of this narrative that you you, you can't fumble it away. And, and and I think that there's somebody in this room at some point this year who's going to have to step up and be the guy that holds the others accountable. Right now, I, I, I don't get the sense that they have that. So if you went out there and took a penalty in, in the mid-80s, I'm told that Danny Kepley was going to hold you accountable. <laughs> 
notable. <laughs> you know? I believe and, that. And, and I'm not so sure that they've got that right now. So until they get maybe that that person who's, and it can't be the coach. It's got to be right. from a different angle in the dressing room. It's got to be a leader. And to me, the, there's some candidates, but nobody has really stepped up to fulfill that role. So, as you say, Cody, Perfect. I mean, the 13 penalties for 166 yards last week. Yeah. Uh, Coach Jones said that was about 12 points up on the board for the other team as you, as you equate that. So, that's that's not good enough at any level of football. No, no, it wouldn't be. Uh, the fact that you're playing a team that has been, I mean, up until there's been a few bumps in the road for the Bombers here, but mostly over the last three or four years, they've been an elite team in the league. I, I'm i hoping that the fact that you're playing a team that's that good, that the the, the awareness level, everything heightens for the Elks uh, for the sake of finding a way uh, with some desperation because you know you're, the team you're playing pressure's is on Winnipeg. Yeah. yeah. No, right. no, that's exactly it. There's, I wouldn't say there's a lot of pressure on the Elks. They can come in Not and play loose. at all. I, Winnipeg has won 28 of 31 regular season home games going back to 2018. And one of those losses came earlier this year against BC. And the, the Bombers fans were booing the team off the field. They are not accustomed to losing. So, yeah, I think that there's the potential there for, for a little bit of a surprise. At some point, this team needs to play a little bit looser. The Elks are, are not as far away from the win column as it may seem, um, but they have to get out of their own way. That's been the problem for well over a season now, and if you're able to do that, perhaps you come out on the winning side of one of these wild CFL finishes <laughs> that we've been seeing all over the league this year, just none to the benefit of the green and gold. Well, that one in in Regina was wild. It just it just wasn't positive. That's exactly. But that right. was wild. And and last weekend, you know, three of the four games were crazy. Crazy. Like, and that's what I love about the CFL. On any given night, you just never know. Yeah, any given Thursday, the Elks are yeah. hoping this evening, I suppose, <laughs> in a matchup. It's the first of three. They go to Winnipeg twice this year, obviously, this being the first one. And you get this team two times inside 22 days. So talk about a difficult stretch of the schedule. And BC is the opponent in between that, the division leader. So Elks are in tough right now. But if you take on a never-say-die and why-not-us kind of attitude, well, then why not you? Someone's yeah. believing in Taylor Cornelius, a quarterback, so go prove him right. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Okay, you get back to whatever it is you were doing, <laughs> which is preparing. Preparing for that countdown to kick off. Five o'clock. That's coming up. This day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. On this day... Uh, in 1968, a key piece that came back from L.A. to the Oilers in the Wayne Gretzky trade. Jimmy Carson, he was born in Southfield, Michigan on this day in 1968. Played a season with, and a little bit for the Oilers. Didn't like it here. And, and got shipped out. He scored 49 goals, 100 points in 80 games in 88-89. And then traded to Detroit the following year. So there you go. That's, that's how it went down for one Jimmy Carson. Tonight on 6.30, Chad, the countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott. You just heard from him. That's at 5 o'clock. Elks game at 6.30. They're going to be in Winnipeg tonight. 
Tomorrow, Brendan Escott, he'll be right back in here. This guy works all the time. I can tell you this. We have NHL referee Dan O'Rourke. He's going to be on the show, and we've got a very interesting story to tell with Dan, we're hoping. But we're pretty sure it's it's going to happen. A great guest today, uh, Ryan Holt, Bakersfield Condors, play-by-play man, Gary Lawless from the Vegas Golden Knights, John Shannon, our NHL insider, Brendan Escott. Great to have him, too. Cody, thank you for everything. You kept that text line going. Always fun. Oh, it was flying. Thank you, Oiler fans. You brought it today. Thank you, Derek Scott. You made sure we got on the air, and that was very nice. And great job you as well, Mooner. Oh, just, just a positive Thursday. Thursday. It's a positive Thursday. Maybe the Elks are going to win. That's a positive. A global news, weather, traffic update with Evan Cook, followed by Angela Cocott from 2 to 3, then the drive with Ted Henley from 3 to 6. Thank you very much for listening to Oilers Now right here on 630 Chet.